So towards the end of Surah Taha, we learned about the story of Samiri. And how Musa salam before he went to the mount for the meeting with Allah to receive the Torah, before he left, he left the Bani Israel with some instructions. Right? He told them what to do, he told them what to keep away from. But what happened? Did they remember or did they forget? Did they remember? They forgot. Right? Then we learned about Adam alayhi salam. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He sent him to Jannah, He also told him what to keep away from. And He also made it clear to him that shaitan was his enemy. But what happened? Adam alayhi salam also he forgot. Fanasiya. But he did not have that firm resolve to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we learned that وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ the one who turns away from Allah's remembrance, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ Then he will have a very constricted, depressed, difficult life. This is a consequence of forgetting what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed. You see, forgetfulness has consequences. When you forget what you've been told to do, then yes, it was a mistake, it was an honest mistake, but it will definitely have consequences. So for instance, if you're sick and you've been given some medication to take at a particular time, all right, of a particular dose, and you forget, will that affect your health? Why don't we say at that time, but I forgot, why is my forgetfulness affecting me, my health? Of course it will have an effect on your health, right? Likewise, if you come for your test and you forget, to write your name, alright, on your test paper, will you get those marks? Will that test paper be checked? No. So remember that when we forget, definitely there will be consequences. We see that in this life, and this is also true with regards to deen, with regards to akhirah. So then, what's the cure? What's the solution? What should be done? When we are human beings and we are bound to forget, what should be done? A person must strive, to remember. A person must try and make sure that he will not forget what he is supposed to do. So for instance, if you are very forgetful when it comes to your medication, what do you do? What will you do? Will you set reminders on your phone? Hmm? Will you write somewhere? Will you keep your medication in front of you so that you don't forget? Okay, so through our life also, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us certain commands to observe, certain things to keep away from, we forget those commands. Correct? What's the solution? Keep the Qur'an in front of you. Stay connected with the book of Allah. Because this Qur'an is dhikr. This Qur'an is reminder. When you forget, it reminds you. When you make a mistake, it shows you your mistake. When you're lost, it guides you. It shows you how to navigate through life. So the one who turns away from the Qur'an, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ Then he will have a very difficult, depressed life. This is just like the one who's been given the prescription, but then they put it away, they turn away from it, they deliberately abandon it. Are they going to live a very healthy life? No. They're going to be sick. In fact, they might even get worse. Their health might even deteriorate. Because if you play around with your medication, if you don't take it properly, instead of curing you, it can make you more sick. Right? So, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً 
And such a person will come on the day of judgment blind. He will say, Qala, Oh my Lord, why have you brought me blind? Well, I could see. My eyes worked. I could see in the dunya. But why is it that on the day of judgment I am blind? And you see, being blind, unable to see, unable to see Allah, unable to see the Prophet ﷺ, unable to see Jannah, what great deprivation this is. A'ma, blind. وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا قَالَ اللَّهُ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا My verses came to you, our verses came to you, فَنَسِيتَهَا But you forgot them. You forgot the Qur'an, you forgot what we ordered you to do, وَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى And likewise today you will be forgotten. Because you see, when you forget something, then you're not going to do it. When you've been asked to do something and you forget, then are you going to end up doing it? No. Whose loss? Your loss. So when something is important, when something is necessary, you strive to remember. You make sure that you will not forget. You ask other people to remind you so that you don't forget. When it comes to the Qur'an, we have to be even more serious about this matter. Because the consequences are real and the consequences are eternal. Because وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِي مَنْ أَسْرَفَ وَلَمْ يُؤْمِن بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِ And thus do we recompense he who transgressed and did not believe in the signs of his Lord. وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَشَدُّ وَأَبْقَى And the punishment of the hereafter, it is much more severe and it is eternal. Any consequence that we suffer in this life because of forgetfulness, eventually, remember, we'll get over it. Eventually things will be fine. Right? But when it comes to the Akhirah, forgetting the Qur'an, forgetting the commands of Allah, then the adab is ashad wa abqa. It is severe and it is everlasting. It is eternal. أَفَلَمْ يَهْدِ لَهُمْ Allah asks, أَفَلَمْ did then not يَهْدِ لَهُمْ it guide them. كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ How many we have destroyed before them. مِنَ الْقُرُونَ of generations. Qurun is a plural of qarn. How many people have been destroyed before them? And these people, يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ They used to walk in their homes. Masakin plural of maskan. But today, their homes stand, their houses stand, but those people are gone. Their lives ended. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِنُّهَا Indeed, and that is surely signs for who? For those people who have intelligence. If you think about it, what makes us forget the Qur'an? What makes us forget the commands that Allah has given us. What's the reason? Hmm? I heard desires. Okay, what else? Dunya. That we get so busy. Okay, think of it. Your medication. Okay, you were supposed to take it first thing in the morning. But you forgot. Why did you forget? Hmm? Okay, because you were sleeping. You woke up late. And then you had to get ready really quickly and rush out of the house. You barely had breakfast. How could you have your medication? You were sleeping. You were late. As a result, you forgot. Right? Likewise, when we are heedless, when we don't pay attention, when we are too busy pursuing our desires, sleeping, eating, having fun, watching one movie after the other, binge watching TV, literally binge. Right? When we're doing that, 
then of course we're going to forget. Of course we're going to forget what is more important. Right? Likewise, another reason, why would you forget to take your medication in the morning? Why? Think about it. Have you ever forgotten? What was the reason? Yes. Yes. Yes, very true. That many times, especially women, what happens with them is that they are so busy with their children or their husbands or their home that the first one they forget is who? Themselves. They even forget to eat. They literally forget to eat. I remember, you know, at school, if you'd forget your book or something, the teacher would ask you, have you ever forgotten to eat? And I'd wonder, no. And now I wish somebody would ask me. Because I would say, yes, I have forgotten numerous times to eat my breakfast, to eat my lunch, to eat my dinner, numerous times. Why? Because when you have kids and when you have you know, so many things that you're doing, then of course you begin to forget yourself. Right? Likewise, when we are too busy with this world, then what do we forget? The commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is our homes, our family sometimes, our loved ones or the things that we love to do, to watch, places that we like to go, stuff that we like to do and spend our time in, it is these things that make us forget the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look, look at the people before you. Did they have homes? Did they have busy lives? Did they have families? And did they have things and desires that they were pursuing? Yes. But what happened to them? Their time ended. Their lives came to an end. They left this world. Their things remain. So take a lesson from this. Take a lesson from this. The things that you're pursuing because of which you neglect the Qur'an, these things are not going to stay with you forever. They're not going to go with you in your grave. They're not going to help you in the hereafter. So prioritize and see what is most important. You know, for instance, women are told, look after your health. Because if you don't, then you won't be able to enjoy life. Right? If you're not taking your medication because you're too busy watching something or you're too busy you know, having fun, then how long will you have fun? Sooner or later, your health will deteriorate so much that you can't even enjoy. You can't do anything. So likewise, the things of this world, these homes that we're in, We're not staying in there forever. We're going to leave. These things are going to leave us. So take a lesson from the people of the past. أَفَلَمْ يَهْدِي لَهُمْ كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونَ How many generations are destroyed before them? يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ They used to walk in their homes, go about, in and out. Just like we walk through our houses. Leave in the morning, come back in the evening, then again leave in the evening, come back at night. يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ And also, يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ refers to the present people. That how the people who are alive today, they walk through the houses of those who have gone before them. So we walk through the houses of who? The people who died before us. And what happens? Huge palaces even, huge houses. Eventually they turn into heritage sites, right? They turn into museums. So you go and look at the fancy houses that some people made once upon a time, right? They gave all their lives in building those houses, in maintaining those houses. But what's the state right now? Those people are gone and their houses dead. 
You know like in Toronto there's this huge massive house. You know what I'm talking about? It's like close to the museum. So this guy he was building it and he went bankrupt basically. He couldn't he couldn't pay it and then what happened? That house is turned into a museum. What is it called? Casaloma? Okay. So anyway, the first time I saw that house from outside I was like Seriously, the guy spent his life trying to make this house and he went bankrupt. He couldn't even enjoy this place. Perhaps the only enjoyment he got was from looking at it and that's it. You can't even enjoy it yourself. So is it worth it? Now other people come, they look at the house, they take pictures, they go around, right? What's the point? يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Indeed, and this is a sign for who? People who have nuha. What is nuha? Intelligence. Your intellect. Intelligence. What kind of intelligence? That stops you from doing what is wrong. Because nahi is to stop. You see, one level of intelligence is that you know. You're asked a question and you know the answer. This is one level. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you apply that knowledge in your life. Some people, they have really good book knowledge. You ask them, any question, they'll have the answers. You know, they'll give you the facts, the statistics, the right numbers, everything they'll give you. They have amazing, perfect book knowledge. But, ulinuha are those who don't have knowledge. They have intelligence. They have ilm and they also have intelligence. Because then, their aql, it stops them from doing what is wrong. It forces them to apply what they have learned. So you understand who ulin nuha are? Those who apply their ilm. So for instance, we might know of many people who have died before us, who left you know, huge properties and a lot of money behind them. Okay, knowledge, information, we have it. But ulin nuha are those who have this information, they learn from it, And they stop themselves from pursuing this dunya. They actually take a lesson and this lesson has an effect on their life. They bring about a change in their life. So, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُلِنُّهَا وَلَوْ لَا كَلِمَةٌ And if it was not for a kalima, a word, سَبَقَ that proceeded مِنْ رَبِّكَ from your Lord, which kalima, which decision of Allah, That eternal and complete recompense is in the hereafter. It's not in this dunya. In this dunya, a person is given time, he's given respite. Each person's lifespan is fixed, whether he's obedient or disobedient. Right? So Allah has decided that eternal punishment is where? In the akhirah. And if it was not for this, لَكَانَ لِزَامًا The punishment would have been لِزَامًا لِزَامًا An obligation. Lazim. What is lazim? Wajib, mandatory, obligatory, meaning that which is due, that which must be done. And lizam, lazima is also to stick to something and to stay with it, to not leave it. So for instance in hadith we learn, man lazima al-istighfar. The one who makes istighfar lazim on himself, meaning mandatory on himself, so he's constantly doing istighfar, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the morning, in the day, in the evening, in the night, during the prayer, after the prayer, He's constantly seeking istighfar. This is lazima. So, lakana lizaman, meaning the punishment would have been due immediately, and the punishment would have been eternal, perpetual, never ending for them. Wa ajalum musamma. And also, if it was not for 
the ajal, the time that is musamma, that is fixed. Meaning for each person is a decreed time. Right? They have their lifespan that is fixed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that eternal punishment will be in the akhirah. If it was not for these two reasons, then the kind of actions we do, what would happen? The punishment would have been due instantly. The punishment would be continuous. Then people would sin here, disobey Allah here, and instantly they would be punished. You see, Adam salam, he was in Jannah, right? He forgot. He ate from the fruit of the tree. What happened? Immediately, the privileges that he was enjoying in Jannah were taken away. The clothes even, imagine, the clothes even were taken away. Right? And Adam salam, Hawa, they had to leave Jannah. They were sent to the dunya. So you see, immediate consequence of forgetting. Likewise, in dunya, the same thing would have happened with us. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given each and every one of us respite. A time in which we can decide what we want to do. If we make a mistake, we can do tawbah. But unfortunately, we don't realize our mistakes. We keep forgetting and forgetting and ignoring and ignoring and persist in our wrong ways. So it's as if we are being shaken over here. Do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize the reality? You're only surviving right now because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that eternal punishment should be in the akhirah. And because you have a time to live in this dunya. Fasbir. The Prophet ﷺ is advised at the end of the surah, be patient. Because obviously when you follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you remember what Allah has ordered you to do, and you keep away from what He has forbidden, then it becomes difficult because people, they don't stop talking about you and they don't stop criticizing you. So for a person who is striving to remember what Allah has ordered him, he is striving to obey the commands of Allah, there is great consolation in this ayah. Fasbir, be patient. Ala ma yaqulun over what they say. What did the people say to the Prophet ﷺ? What kind of words? Of encouragement? Then what kind of words? Huh? Okay, abusive. And would they make fun of him? Yes. Would they spread lies about him? Would they taunt him in public? Yes. Would they try to embarrass him? Yes. Just imagine if you are in a situation like this. Because of what you're doing, because of what you're spreading, because of what you're calling people to, and that is the truth, and that is good, imagine if you are embarrassed publicly. What would you do? Have you ever been embarrassed? Have you ever been insulted? Has anyone said words to you that really hurt your feelings? Think about it. Recall that moment. Just recall that moment when somebody said something so nasty to you on your face or behind your back when it really broke your heart. What do you want to do? You either want to take revenge. You dare say this to me, I'm going to smack you. Right? We want to take revenge or we give up. We're like, you know what? Maybe I should stop doing what I'm doing. I can't handle this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. We give up. The Prophet ﷺ is told, فَصْبِرْ Or what happens is that we remain bottled up inside and we get sad. And that sadness turns into depression. And it turns into a very serious issue. Having a serious effect on our psychological, our physical health, emotional health. So what's the 
way out of this? How do you deal with the criticism of people? How do you deal with the nasty things that people say to you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a solution over here. فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Be patient over what they say. How? وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ And do tasbih with the praise of your Lord. Glorify your Lord. Busy yourself in doing dhikr. Remember Allah. Why? Because what is it that brings comfort to the heart? What? Dhikr. أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنَّ الْقُلُوبِ It is with the remembrance of Allah that hearts will find rest, that hearts will be at peace. There's no other way. There is absolutely no other way. This is how you deal with the nasty things that people say to you. You do dhikr of Allah. And as you busy yourself in the remembrance of Allah, just feel that stress dissolving and going away. Melting away. Literally. Because you know when people are saying things to you, then even though you're quiet and you're telling yourself, I'm being patient, it really hurts you. Right? And you get so stressed out. Somebody's yelling at you, cursing, you know, saying absolutely incorrect things, and, and you feel like you're going to explode. You feel like you're going to die. You don't think you can handle it anymore. You just want to run away from there. You're so stressed out. You're panicking. You almost have an anxiety attack. So what to do? Start doing dhikr. Sabih bihamdi rabbik. Do tasbih of your Lord and just relax. Just relax. And right now what I'm saying to you, perhaps it doesn't make any sense to you. But next time somebody is saying something nasty to you and you're feeling stressed out, experience this. Do dhikr. Sabih. Start saying, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Adada khalqihi. Warida nafsihi. Wazinata arshihi. Wamidada kalimati. You know, sometimes it's just an argument. Perhaps between husband and wife. Perhaps between mother and daughter. Perhaps between sister and sister or sister and brother. Just an argument. And that itself can also affect you so much. You know, so many times it happens that people are having relationship issues. And what happens? It literally turns into depression and psychological issues. And these are real. We cannot ignore them. These are real. But why is it that it escalated to that point? We need to think. We need to see. So many times I've come across people who are having issues like this and every time I have told them, do tasbih, busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. They say that yes, it is helpful. It's definitely helpful. I'm not saying don't take counseling and don't take therapy. That is also necessary. But don't wait until you get to that point where you're breaking down. Hold yourself together. Take care of yourself because the heart, it needs to be strong, right? to deal with these hurtful words. How do you strengthen your heart? How? With the dhikr of Allah. Because the dhikr of Allah is the food for the heart. When you feed it, it'll be strong. But when the heart is hungry, it's deprived, it's weak, it cannot handle difficult situations. It cannot handle stress. And always remember, if you're having a difficult time listening to what people have to say to you, Remember what the Prophet ﷺ had to go through. I don't think anybody has faced as much abuse as the Prophet ﷺ did. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse. Because think about the lies that were spread about him. Inshallah, we will learn in the next surah. 
How people said, he's a sahir, he's a magician. Can you imagine? The Prophet ﷺ was called a magician. People called him a liar. بَلْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَذَّابٌ Someone who lies a lot. No, 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 no. He's been affected by the jinn. He's gone crazy. Imagine if someone calls you crazy. You know, sometimes people are joking with you and they call you crazy. Not in that way. If literally someone says, you are mad. And they mean it. Isn't that enough to shatter your confidence? Isn't that enough to really make you feel sad and depressed? So how did the Prophet ﷺ handle that abuse? How? What did Allah tell him to do? Sabih du tasbih. Relax your heart. Feed your heart. Strengthen your heart. Because you cannot stop people from talking. Can you? Sometimes they know your reality, but they don't even know how to handle themselves. You know, sometimes a person that's hurting you, they themselves are sick. They themselves are psychologically ill. It's possible. And because of that, they're abusing you. Right? And there's no way you can get out of that situation. I mean, it's possible that someone close to you and your family member, they have serious anger issues. Serious anger issues. And when they get angry, they hurt you. Can you change them? Can you fix them? If it was easy, you would have done it already, right? Can you get rid of them? Can you leave them? Well, if they're related to you, if they're your father or your mother or your brother, how can you cut off from them? You can't. So then what's the solution? Strengthen yourself. Strengthen your heart. Learn to deal with stressful situations. How? Equip yourself. How do you do that? Dhikr of Allah. Sabbih bihamdi rabbik. Do tasbih with the praise of your Lord. Specifically at which times? Qabla tulu'i shamsi. Before the rising of the sun. Before the sun rises. This is specifically the time between fajr and rising of the sun. Sunrise. So after you've prayed fajr and the time that you have until the sun rises, that time should be spent in doing tasbih. Wa qabla urubiha. And before its setting. This is the time between Asr and Maghrib. So specifically in these two times, busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. Specifically, tasbih. Third, وَمِنْ أَنَا And also in the hours of the night, أَنَا is a plural of inyun. Inyun literally means span of time. Alright? Like you can say an hour, but don't think of an hour as 60 minutes. Okay? So a span of time, a period of time, Especially that which is during the night. Because when you're stressed out, when you are hurt, can you sleep through the night? You can't. You keep waking up. You keep waking up. You can't relax. You're laying in bed, staring through the darkness, and you can't make yourself sleep. And the noise in your head, all those thoughts and those worries, it drives you crazy. It drives you crazy. And this is where... You know, people turn to different things to force their mind to sleep. Either you prescribe some medication or some drugs or something to help yourself sleep. The Prophet ﷺ, what is he told? That during the hours of the night, those sleepless hours, what should you do? فَسَبِّحْ Do tasbih. Remember Allah at that time. And sabbih, remember tasbih, it means to do dhikr of Allah, glorify Allah. But remember that the word tasbih is also used for voluntary prayer, nafl prayer. The word tasbih is also used for voluntary prayer. So in the night when you cannot sleep, 
then do the dhikr of Allah. And if you cannot sleep at all, even laying in bed, then get up and perform some voluntary prayer. Why? فَسَبِّحْ وَأَطْرَافَ النَّهَارَ And also at the two ends of the day. Why? Why do tasbih at all of these times? Why? Read on. What does the ayah say? لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى So that you may be happy. So that you may be pleased. So that you may be content. Because, you see, life is difficult. People say nasty things to you. That hurts you. But you know what makes it worse? What makes it worse is your sadness. Because when you are sad, and others are making you more sad, then that sadness is only going to increase. It's going to worsen. Right? So to counter that, that harm that people are inflicting on you, you need to be happy in your heart. You need to be internally satisfied. You need to be internally content. How do you bring that contentment? لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى By remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By doing tasbih. At which times? What do we learn in this ayah? In the morning, before sunrise. Secondly, in the evening, before sunset. Thirdly, in the hours of the night. And fourthly, وَأَطْرَافَ nahar. Atraf is a plural of taraf. Two ends of the day. Meaning the beginning of the day and also the end of the day. So if you think about it, all these times that are mentioned, what does it mean basically? What does it mean? Do tasbih all the time. Keep your tongue moist with the dhikr of Allah. And the more dhikr you will do, the happier you will be. I mean, if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, what are the different losses that he endured in his life, that he suffered in his life? Think about it. First of all, his honor, his reputation. Alright, that is affected because of the opposition of the people and how they call him a liar and they call him with every bad name. That itself is enough to lead many people to commit suicide. Isn't it? That's enough of a reason to cause many people to break down. Then we see that he loses his wife Khadija radiallahu anha. Before that, he grew up as an orphan. He grew up as an orphan. When he was born, his father was already dead. When he's six years old, his mother dies. When he's eight years old, his grandfather dies. He grows up with his uncle. And then what happens? When he gets married, soon he receives prophethood, and then everything changes. Everything changes. The people who respected him, now look down on him. The people who praised him, now they insulted him. The people who had good relationships with him, who were on very friendly terms, now they became his enemies. You know, Abu Lahab was the guy who, when he received the news of the Prophet ﷺ's birth, you know what he did? The woman who brought him the news, the slave woman, he gestured with his hand, you're free, you're free. And one of the relatives of Abu Lahab, it is said that it was Abbas anhu. he had a dream. And he saw Abu Lahab in a very bad condition. And this hadith is in Bukhari. He asked Abu Lahab, have you seen anything good? Abu Lahab said, no, I haven't seen anything good since I have left you. Except that I was given water to drink from here. From here. Meaning between my thumb and my finger. I was given very little water to drink from here. Why? Because I freed Suwaiba. And this hadith is in Bukhari. 
This is how much Abu Lahab loved the Prophet Wasallam. Alright? And he freed the slave woman, and because he freed her, because of that good deed, what happened? He was given just a little bit of water to drink. Very little. Just imagine, getting like a drop of water or something. How much water would be there? How much water can be held between your thumb and your finger? Hardly any. This same guy, look at how he turned against the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine people who love you become your haters. They become your enemies. Isn't that enough to destroy you? The Prophet ﷺ lost so many of his children, young and old, during his life. Losing your baby, losing you know, a married daughter, isn't that enough to destroy you, shatter you? And then so many close companions. Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu anhu, whom the Prophet ﷺ called his adopted son. And then later on he was told not to do that. But imagine the affinity. Imagine the love. Zayd bin Haritha, his son Usama radiallahu anhu, both of them so beloved. Usama was so beloved to the Prophet ﷺ that on one lap the Prophet ﷺ would make Usama sit. And on the other lap he would make one of his grandchildren sit. The same Usama radiallahu anhu when he grew up, he was sent in an army. He died. Zayd bin Haritha died. At Uhud, the Prophet ﷺ lost 70 companions. Just if you start listing the difficulties that the Prophet ﷺ had to face in his life, the things that generally cause a lot of stress, that take people to the verge of committing suicide, yet we see the Prophet ﷺ was the one who was always smiling who was always smiling. When he smiled, his face would be like the full moon. How? لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى Allah gave him rida. Allah gave him happiness, internal peace and satisfaction. And this doesn't come like that. How does it come? How does it come? When you try, when you try to be happy, when you strive, when you force yourself to accept the decree of Allah, and you make yourself content with it. And for that, you have to remember the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That my Lord, He decided this. He allowed this. And there must be a reason. I trust His decision. I accept His decree. And He is perfect. He is flawless. What does it mean, subhanAllah? Allah is perfect and flawless. So when you remember the perfection of Allah, then dealing with difficulties in your life becomes... Easy. It becomes easy. And true happiness cannot come without this realization. Without realizing the greatness and perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why belief in qadr is a part of our iman. Iman bil qadr, believing in divine decree. Nothing happens except that it has been decreed by Allah. And Allah, He decrees everything. And Allah, whatever He decrees, there is khair in it. Nothing is pure evil. Remember that. Nothing at all is pure evil. This is a part of our belief. Even if something has 90% evil, there will be some khair in it. There will be some benefit in it. So the one who remembers the perfection of Allah, he will find happiness in his life. No matter how difficult and stressful his life is. لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى And this rida, this happiness, of course, this is in dunya, but it's also in the akhirah. It's also in the hereafter. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses. 
وكذلك نجزي من اسرف ولم يؤمن بايات ربه ولعذاب الاخره اشد وابقى افلم يهد لهم كم اهلكنا قبلهم من القرون يمشون في مساكنهم ان في ذلك لايات لاولنها ولولا كلمه سبقت من ربك لكان لزاما واجل مسمى فاصبر على ما يقولون وسبح بحمد ربك قبل طلوع الشمس وقبل غروبها ومن آناء الليل فسبح وأطراف النهار لعلك ترضى 